0: Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning and joining us from Sweden where it's afternoon for episode 301 is consultant and publisher of The Dispatcher, Michael Senna. Hi Michael, great to see you.
1: Hi Fred, hi Alan, wonderful to be here again. Always nice.
0: Well in the February edition of The Dispatcher, the lead article is headlined, (laughs) Driverless Work Vehicles on This Side of the Horizon. Michael, maybe we should start off with your take on where we are today when it comes to driverless work vehicles versus driverless passenger cars
1: we're a lot farther along with driverless work vehicles which wouldn't be very difficult because we're <laughs> right now we're not very far at, at all with uh, passenger um, <laughs> driverless passenger vehicles. But, um, That's harsh, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's harsh, but it's reality. What I've tried to do in in this article is to give pride of place for uh, applications of driverless technology, which are in line with what we've been doing as humans for the last uh, two hundred thousand or two million years, depending on how far we want to go back. Uh, as I start, as I said in the in the lead into the uh, into the article. We've been automating as many things as we possibly could do over the course of our history. That just seems to be part of our nature. Uh, I I didn't mention that we've we've also done things like invented fly fishing, so we we couldn't catch so many fish just to make it a sport. Um, But everything else we've done is essentially getting fewer hands to get more work done, so that either we can do something else, which I don't think we've been very good about either. Um, but um, yeah, we're, automating work is what we do and uh, putting vehicles that can do more without more of our human hands involved is something that we've, we've begun and have been doing very well for quite a, a long time. I mean, just, you know, a tractor versus having oxen. Uh, that 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 back then that was the, the ultimate in in uh, automation. So we're seeing now we're seeing more and more vehicles that that do something. It, that's work, that's not transporting people, that's not, not taking us into uh, into the, the realm of being chauffeured by the car and us sitting, you know, sitting in the back seat. It's actually getting something done, like plowing a field, or or getting uh, insecticides over the course of, a, of a, a large orchard. And I've given lots of examples of, of what's being done already, including by the military. And you have some different
0: classifications.
1: Right. yeah the classifications, classifications The that classifications I what, I what I I always I think as you know I, what I've tried to do is is to make things visual so that people can see they can get get a feeling for well you know this fits into this area this fits into that area there they're, they're all as always there are fuzzy boundaries between these but essentially saying that there are, there are different classifications certain things are being done by, by vehicles that work in a in a very restricted area, other things are being done in, in a in by vehicles in much larger areas. But you know, if we if we look at where where things are doing, where we're getting the most bang for the buck right now, is with tractors that you could send out in the field and let the tractor do what what tractors do: pulling a combine or plowing a pulling a plow. Um, you know seeding, all of those things, which can easily be done today within a very defined area, uh, with fewer and fewer people who are living in farm farm areas and, and more and more equipment being used to do to automate the entire process, then the last let's say the, the next stage is to not have somebody driving the plow, but letting the plow do what it does, you know, can do on its own very well.
2: Uh, to to me the, the the key leveraging point. I mean, this is leveraging human capability. I mean, this is this is where the steam engine, the the water wheel, the all those other things that that sort of came in to help us lift stuff, and and because we couldn't lift it or we couldn't carry it or whatever, uh, the energy aspect of that has been leveraged. To me, the the automation piece. Uh, That is that is happening now. We've had things like conveyor belts for a long time, transporting Mm -hmm. things where we haven't transported. The problem is that they were fixed. They weren't flexible. The opportunity now with the, the vehicles and the things that you mentioned is that you can plow not just one field, you can plow two fields, you can plow three fields. You can plow one field one way and you can plow it the other way. It, mm. it has, it has the opportunity to be flexible. You can, you can put this in a mine when the mine is so Big, but as the mind changes in size, especially with some of these minds, then this thing then becomes flexible, and and, and 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 has that opportunity. So the big leveraging point, at least to me, with the with the current state of automation in terms of leveraging the kinds of things an individual can do, it now is is not only being able to do what the individual did, but do it in, in a in at least a slightly, if not even more than slightly, different um, uh, vestige, and so uh, you know that is the, the real flexibility, uh, the opportunities. You know, that you you walk into an Amazon uh, warehouse these days. Not only are there the, the conveyors and the typical sort of. Um, 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 Pick and and, and 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 pluck type of things, but there's also these variable things that move around. They're almost mm-hmm. like a human. The reason you had a human is the reason these places still employ maybe a thousand people or two thousand people is because you need you need the brains and the variability that the human provides. Now, if you can put that in the thing so that then it begins to have the same flexibility and variability that we have, as well as do more and do it continuously and do it 24-7 and da-da-da-da, oh, my goodness. That's where the leveraging point
1: comes in. Yeah, exactly. So there's a purpose, there's a, there's a business case, there's a purpose, there's a technology which is capable of doing things within the, the defined area, within the defined task, and that to, to a large degree we can use the, the tools that are available to us with artificial intelligence or less than artificial intelligence to get these tasks done. You know, the, the, as I, we've, we've agreed and have said many times, driving a car is harder than rocket science. Driving a car is very yes. very difficult, which is why we, we we yeah we've been trying real hard for the last 20 years, but we haven't come very far. If you have the the application that the military has, where they have vehicles that are being driven by robots inside that vehicle, the the, the, the mission is simple, the road is is defined. Uh, if the car goes off or the or the vehicle goes off the road and blows up you've accomplished one objective which is the person isn't killed who's driving it that's that's the primary objective of not of having a driverless vehicle to not have somebody in it when it blows up now, that's not the purpose and that's not the primary mission of driving your kid to school or driving yourself to work. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 totally different. So the military's been doing this, you know, with, with Oshkosh, my gosh, uh, for the last <laughs> 20, almost 20 years, 15 years. And almost they're doing 20 it very years. very well. I mean- yeah. And, and, uh, you know, if, if I've given, I've I've tried to give as many examples as I could of it's only limited. I mean there's so many so many companies that are doing doing this. Um, I haven't I, I think if, if you could look at wh- what I've said about Waymo. Waymo is focusing on trucks. And what I've said about trucks is that's the least I think that's that's the one area where I wouldn't focus at this point in time. There's so many other places where work can be done, where vehicles could be could be developed to drive themselves. Putting trucks on, a, on highways is probably not as difficult, although we haven't proven that yet, as, as getting passenger cars uh, to be driverless. But it's not the area, and that's what I've done with these with the charts. It's not the area where you get the biggest return for the amount of money you're putting in. That's what you're trying to do here. I mean, that's the whole point of being able to, you know, it's not saving lives uh, when, when it comes to, to plowing a field. It's being able to do something less expensive and having the, the possibility of doing other things. And I've given the example of, you know, Driving in your car, listening to a symphony orchestra in 1850, you couldn't drive in a, in a, in a carriage and, and listen to the to the orchestra or an opera in at, at uh, La Scala in, in Milano. You know that wasn't possible. It's possible today. You know that those are the kinds of things we've, we've 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 been very inventive. As I said, our biggest invention was the inventor. We create, you know, to to be an inventor and to be able to do all of these things. It's just, this is what we're all about. This is why we're here. It's think- all
2: about r- return on investment, and I think in in the in the applications <clears throat> that you, you you talk about, it's all about that because what you have an entity who's trying to produce a product at uh, uh, to make as much money as possible how do you make as much money as possible you charge a, a whole heck of a lot or you make it really cheaply and charge less and and so the objective is that my goodness why just spend a bunch of money to create something uh let's spend less and therefore make it available at a cheaper cost, and therefore, you know, put this out on the market on the on the demand curve, and yeah. you put it on the demand curve, then you scale, and all the all the good things, all the you know, less than econ one oh one, it's econ point one oh one or point oh 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 one oh one. I mean, it's it's basic, uh, you know, lemonade stand out in front. Uh, I mean, and what you do, and, and it's return on investment. I agree with you with respect to trying to automate trucks. I mean, I, I, it is amazing that those folks are out there trying to take a driver out of, an AT, uh, out of a Class 8 truck. Mm-hmm. The stuff that moves in Class 8 trucks is really valuable. That's why it's moving on the Class 8 truck. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be moving on a choo-choo, okay? And because it's that my goodness, you probably can't afford a a, a concierge, a driver, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. somebody, okay? And if you remove that person, you're not getting the benefit of everything else that that individual does in case something happens, in case whatever, in case whatever, in case whatever. And so if you really look at the return on investment of removing the driver, I claim there isn't much. If I'm yeah. the CEO of, of of U.S. Express or you know or, or uh, you know a, a big trucking company Schneider or whatever, get out of here. And which, what I, where I think that all that investment should go, so it should go on helping the driver, helping he or her have a better life there. Yeah.
1: That's, my goodness, that's, you know these the are my employees.
2: Are this is my family. This is you know. Boy, um, I think I'll show on for that. But to show on, to take them out of there when, when that person is fundamentally valuable to me moving, you know, a lot of very valuable stuff, it's crazy. But, yeah. you know, that's that's the way I come at it. It seems like, oh, Waymo's doing trucks. Although I think there was a little article this week that, that suggested maybe Waymo's going to back out of the truck. I don't
1: no, know. I'm, no, maybe maybe, maybe I, I didn't read, read back that out closely. Whole, maybe Waymo's <laughs> Michael, back
0: Michael out you, did bring up, yeah. you did yeah. bring up some of the uh, companies uh, specifically in, yeah. in, the, in the dispatcher. And I know, Alan, you saw some of these companies at CES. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I've I've, I've I've mentioned some that that are that have been getting a lot of investment, and others that that maybe people haven't really heard about. I mean, there's, there was a big thing about Einride, uh, I think was mainly misunderstanding you know, what it what it was that that this Swedish little Swedish company. Uh, had gotten the ability to drive around on on public roads, and I wanted to take a little bit of time to to uh, to do that. Um, but you know, who's who's have we have we had Komatsu at the uh, at CES? I mean, were were they were they there showing off their their dump truck that goes down into the mines? Um, I, don't, I don't think Caterpillar
2: so. was there. Caterpillar was there. Yeah, Caterpillar was there. Yeah, and, Caterpillar's ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, John Deere is the is the example that I that I John Deere was there. Yeah, and John Deere has gotten uh, gotten some awards uh, from CES, and I think uh, I think they've done a good job of positioning themselves. But uh, you know, that's they're not making any any headlines or any money by being there. And one of the classifications that I that I try to use here is that there's there's three groups. One is that's developing multi-purpose driverless applications, the others that are developing specifically work-related, drive, driverless work vehicle related for licensing. And then the third group, which is where I would be putting my money, are the companies like Komatsu, like like uh, John Deere and, and Caterpillar, um, who are developing these, uh, these systems where there's a clear model to show the, the gross profit over a period of time, let's say four years of, of, um, of ownership, where there's a, there's a clear amount of money that you gain by reducing the equivalent labor costs of having, having uh, the system driving itself as opposed to being driven by, by someone. And, and there are lots of things that are involved in this. I mean, there's this seasonal work. You know, how do how do you pay for something that's only being used for a particular period of time? And I give the example of the of the zamboni. Uh, this was this is fascinating. I mean, I've always been fascinated by zambonis. Same way as I've been fascinated by <laughs> steam trains. And I want to. Go, I want the first time I saw one of those, I said, I want to go out there. And I want to drive that thing around. Uh, as far as I know, there isn't there isn't an automated. You know, driverless Zamboni, but who knows, you know, maybe there's they're thinking it went up in the back room somewhere.
0: I, I would think the ODD would be pretty easy. On that. <laughs> pretty
1: yeah, pretty straightforward. And you know this the, the likelihood of, of you know running off and hitting somebody is pretty small unless you've got somebody you know, playing around you know practicing at the it, other it, end of the rink.
2: But but it is tougher to apply on a Zamboni because there are rink rats at every rink. and a rink rack rat can drive a Zamboni and have a lot of fun and they just wanna do it. If you're one of these mines out in the middle of nowhere in which you have to drive one of these things to go put it out there, whatever, to process it, I mean, you have to take an end, there aren't mine (laughs) mine rats. Yeah, you know, out there, just willing to do it. Okay, for yep. the fun of it, it is work, yep. and it is not pretty work. I I, I believe. I, I that, and and in talking to the people at, at Caterpillar, you know, they they sort of explain explained that, that, that mm-hmm. at least that's what the, the guy that I was talking to at CES and he, mm-hmm. he sort of agreed with me that look, you know. it's it's not a good place to work okay so yes you need some but boy if you can you know uh, take the burden off the individual and and you know let I know I know you've taken away a job but there are some jobs that should be taken away you know toll takers on the New Jersey Turnpike for example you know I guess, but anyway, um, I don't want to open that can of worms because I'll no. get myself into trouble. But, but, but let's that, look that at it this that, way. It is, it, I, yeah,
1: I, I agree with you. I don't, you know, and I, but I, I don't. Yeah. I don't take the the, the the approach that the economists take, which is that you know, a job lost is a job gained, or maybe a job loss is many jobs gained. I don't. I don't really believe that. But if you look at the empirical evidence over the course of history population of, of of humans has gone from 0 to 7.9 billion you know and, and it's, it's not like we we're doing a lot less work today than we did to keep ourselves alive 200,000 years ago or even 6, 6,000 years ago so something's working you know it's we're we're doing a lot of things but the population t- keeps keeps going up, something's working here. You know, we're not dying off because we can't feed ourselves or that, you know. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll pick this up in the next, in the March issue of the, of, of the dispatch. Maybe, maybe
2: it's a big Ponzi scheme. I, it's a big I hope Ponzi it's scheme. not a big Ponzi. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you know, it almost looks like a big Ponzi scheme. One wonders, you know, and then in some sense, um, I guess, uh, I guess uh, we're doing less but consuming more, and therefore we need more of these things putting in a... I, Yes, we don't want to go there. It's it's, no. it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, this is a really uh, in-depth uh, piece, as as most of the dispatcher is almost every edition. So we really encourage people to, to read this right. to, to to get the the full value of this. This is just a taste. You have another uh, headline we want to turn to as well, Michael Stellantis reaching for the data star.
1: Yeah, I. I uh... I, I think the the um, CEO of of um, Stellantis, Carlos Tavares, he's he's one of the clearest clearest thinkers on the on the stage right now, the the, the automotive stage. Um, but when it comes to this business about you know, data free to move and all and all this other stuff, I've I think he, like many of the other other companies. Volvo comes to mind here. Um, Volvo cars—they're—they're they're trying to do something that has more to do with the value of their company and more to do with the value of their stock than with what it actually ends up being for the consumers or for the company itself. Yeah, they set up this this organization and they're going to, to you know, get 20 billion in uh, in revenue uh, over the course of the next 10 years and build this thing up, but it's uh, there 's too much of that, I think, on the one hand he 's been very clear you know, we, we think that, that the electric cars are not not the answer. We think that, that we should be doing much more, but at the same time we can 't ignore it because the the you know the markets and the governments are forcing us into this so we 're going to we 're going to do as much as we can, but we 're going to continue to do as 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 much as we can in order to stay in business as a company as opposed to just disappearing because uh, the Chinese are coming in, and he's also been very, very clear on on talking about the relationship between elect- electrification and the the invasion of the Western Western countries with electric cars. And I've written about that. So I, I just wanted to put this in here to to identify something that's. It's being done. That others are talking about. That now Stellantis is is focusing on this as well. And and also, you know, where did he talk about this? It's at CES. You know, what these are the kinds of things they're not they're not interested in, in hearing about. Uh, you know, why ice vehicles will continue in the in the future. They're interested in hearing things that are going to be, you know, something that can be could be discussed at at CES, uh, Consumer Electronics Show. So, that's that was the point of this. That little feature.
0: Terrific. This headline should be of interest to many. Uh, winters can be cold, battery electric vehicles like it hot. Mm. Um, and <laughs> you just mentioned ice vehicles, which is yeah. internal <laughs> combustion. Engine.
1: Yeah. Um, and we have. I give the example here. We, we bought a a, um, RAV, a new RAV4 hybrid. Uh, ice, ice and battery, no cables. Um, and we saw that that when from the time we picked it up in August late August September actually we were getting you know x uh, but by the time that the uh, minus 5 10 celsius rolled in we we saw that we weren't doing anything different we weren't driving in any different roads but we saw that the the uh, miles per gallon or or um or liters per kilometer um, was reduced by about 20%. And this is something that's that's proven, that's shown, but unfortunately the, the car companies aren't discussing it. So if you buy one of these things in Sweden uh, where it's cold or in Norway or in, in Montana or Detroit, uh, Michigan, um, you can expect to get the same the same range as you would get Uh, driving that same car around in, in Texas or in, in Florida. Um, And it's really, I think it's incumbent upon the companies to, to make this, make this known, and they're not, they're not, they're not saying it, they're not doing enough to show that this is actually the case. I think they're going to be made to do that. Uh, I'm sure they will be made to do that.
0: That would make, that would certainly make a lot of sense, because if people have an expectation, when they're, when they put in a destination, that uh, they were going to have to charge up once or, or whatever and that's not the case, so no. they need to know that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially since the, the infrastructure for charging is not that extensive and, and if you get to a place where there's there are a couple of chargers and they're being used, you have no idea. You know, you have to go up to them and say, "Are you? Will, will you be here for 20 minutes, or will you be here for two hours? What are you? What's, what's your expectation, so that I can either go to another place, or settle in at the hotel and you know try to get here in the middle of the night when nobody's when nobody else is charging. I mean, I, I just wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be in that right. position. I, that, that's like the last thing I would want to be thinking about.
0: All right. The same is true for all batteries, we should point out, because I love digital photography. If I take a a, a hike in, in really cold weather, unless I keep the camera and the battery under my coat, that battery's going to die out much faster than it would in the spring or summer.
1: Itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh boy, we have
2: become so needy and so demanding. I mean, what, I, what if what, uh, what what did the poor people who lived, you know, uh, five thousand years ago have to go through? But anyway, it's great to be alive today instead of then. Go ahead. I mean,
0: Alan, Alan is saying the horses didn't travel as well in cold weather. <laughs> no,
2: I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just maybe can't. they uh, did. Maybe they did. I have no idea. But but. You know, with this this gets back to what we were talking about earlier. We have set up a lifestyle that re- requires a heck of a lot more care and feeding, and we each consume a lot more, and and we we need a we need help in producing the stuff that we consume uh, you, somebody could say maybe you know that's ruining the planet or that's causing who knows what did it do i don't know but uh, i we don't want to get into the, the, that whole discussion but it's certainly um it it takes much more to keep us to, to keep us i guess happy each day or many of us almost independent of where we are on the on the, the the distribution of, of resources and, um but um, anyway it's just interesting to sit here and listen to, to some of this stuff um, we've talked about the electric vehicles again uh, i i think we've made up our minds and maybe or maybe i've made up my mind and i'm stopped i've stopped listening uh, but uh, I sort of agree, I just don't see how we scale this. I just don't see how we scale this. And especially you know, after my, my trip to, uh, to Africa and, and, to, and to Kenya and so on, I just don't see how we scale this. I mean, there, there's, there's energy needs in, in, in Kenya to do a lot more things than, than propel the vehicle. You know, we're sitting there at, at, at a university going having a demonstration of this, you know, innovative chip making thing or whatever and so on and so forth that they're trying to do and, and the lights blinked, okay? You know, every time the lights blink, I don't know, you better have a battery backup, otherwise you gotta reboot, okay? and and maybe you should have the battery backup and i mean we so much of our lives has uses electricity for things that are really necessary for which we don't have a very good alternative you know to, to do lighting and, and 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 power the motors and so on in our homes and so on to, to go to some other energy source to do that Rather than electricity, we're kind of stuck in that corner. We need it for that. And we have a reasonably efficient energy source to move us from A to B. And all of a sudden say now we have to transform that to now use electricity when we don't really, I don't believe we have excess electricity hanging around. We don't we seem to have excess oil hanging around we have excess coal hanging around we have excess you know we have that in the excess and it's pretty inexpensive and if we you know really focused on making that a, a fi- efficient and taking the dirtiness out of that we might be a whole heck of a lot better off and then if you look at, at, at the energy losses and the creation of electricity the way we currently create electricity oh my goodness that is very inefficient <sighs> now yes if we could change that and have it all come for free out of the sun and the sky i guess <sighs> but we're not there so i don't know whatever it's it's
0: um uh, you know
1: well, going back there, to what there I are saying, certainly
0: a lot of issues too, and and uh, the uh, bidirectional charging is being uh, promoted by some as being at least helpful.
2: Bidirectional charging? Really? I'm going to get losses this way, and then losses that way, and then yeah. losses this way, and then losses that way. What do I end up with? Yeah, yeah, that a net? Yeah, that assumes there's no loss. That's, that assumes that the energy that I have here, I can put it in the battery in my car, and then my car can do that and whatever, and all that stuff happens without loss.
1: Look at the process. We, I don't the, know. I guess the, I'm goofy. This discussion has been, has been hijacked by politicians and by kids. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like, you know, if I've got somebody who started when she was 15 years old and she's now 20 years old and she's still showing up at Davos saying exactly the same thing she said the first time she was there, which was nothing, you know, you don't, you aren't doing enough. You know, the climate We're. I don't have a life. I'm not going to be able to live, you know, in in 10 years because the planet is going to, to disappear. And, and if if that's the message that you're taking, and the politicians are, are believing, and all of the policies that the EU, in particular, and other countries like the United States, are are implementing, then we we don't have this the the, the this is going in the wrong direction too quickly, and in the end, someone is going to wake up and say, no, this. We made a big mistake. There have been there have been mistakes made. It's like we have to we have to get this ship turned around. I think um, you know there have to be more people in who are CEOs of companies than Car- Carlos Tavares who are telling people that this is the way things should be and and stop doing these things because we're just going to you know we're working ourselves into a, a corner that we're not going to be able to get out of. I
2: and mean, you know, not to jump to, to the things. I was listening to the uh, uh, to the Tesla, you know, fourth quarter report, and then Elon's announcement of of the expansion of the battery plant in Nevada, and and looking at, I mean, even with that massive expansion of the battery plant, you know, <laughs> that's going pre- to that, that's 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 almost nothing compared to what it is needed. If you're really going to do the conversion of, of, of a substantial part of the fleet of mobility to uh, to battery electrics and where is the stuff going to come from and where is it going to be produced? And, and what are, what are the implications of all of that? I mean, Sure. If if it's nothing, then I, you know I'm sorry I brought it up.
1: But but cut it out. It isn't nothing. I mean, and and there, I, there are I people agree. who are saying at least, But if you if you've got someone like Al Gore, and I saw him on the on stage at uh, at a, a little clip of of uh, Davos, my favorite place, uh, <laughs> you know, and and he's. It is it, lovely. He's, ran, huh? he's ranting. I mean, he's he's like, say, if you don't do this, we're we're just we're all going to be toast. And you've got someone who was the vice, you know, vice president of, of, the, of the United States during a during a, a period of time when the when everything looked like it was going in the right direction. Um, you know, the the someone who helped the dot com age. Standing up, oh, sitting he created there. It. He created it. He, he created, created it. it. Yeah, he's the father of the internet.
0: <laughs> now, 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 boy. Okay. Um,
1: saying, you know, saying this, and people are listening to it, and and they're 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 believing it. Now, he's not he's not a, a stupid person, and he's not an evil person. Uh, whether he believes a hundred percent of what he's saying, or he's he's saying it a little bit with with some. Th- Theatrical uh, effects in order to get his point across, but it's it's having an effect, certainly on the kids who are saying, you know, gluing themselves to streets and, and to pieces of you know priceless artwork, saying you have to do something now or else you know we're we're going to be we're going to be gone. We have a real problem, and it's a problem, a big problem of communication and understanding, and you know, it's the same problem with climate as we have with, with politics. People are not listening to each other. They've got their positions set, and they're not—they're not able to listen to something that, that doesn't necess- doesn't completely agree with their approach to life or death. <laughs> well,
0: Alan, you mentioned uh, the Tesla earnings call, and you do highlight that in the newsletter. And I think, among other things, uh, Musk said that. They may be building three million vehicles this year. Something no, 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 line. no. I think
2: the number no, just- is two. He said is capacity, and they're looking to build one point eight or something, whatever. And and I think I think he was he was um, he, he he was mute he was muted himself, he, uh, a lot. I think. Um, which which is good because you know of course he's he is the promoter he's been out there promoting and uh, he's gotten i guess a little his hands <laughs> and slapped with a ruler where's my ruler Tut-tut, or whatever mm-hmm. and maybe he's backing off a little bit it, it was it was it was fairly muted but it it is somewhat impressive i mean the, the fact that that a car company in a U.S. car company has come out of nowhere in a 15-year per- period, and uh, globally, uh, I guess everybody agrees they'll probably be able to make 1.8 million cars. Um, you know, that's that's non-trivial accomplishment. Okay, uh, 1.8 million when there are how many sold every year? 30 million what's the number world 79 million
1: 79 million worldwide it 70, and it was it was higher it was 79, million? It was 79 yeah. yeah
2: yeah so whatever the number is i mean you know it's but it's <laughs> you pay attention whether or not that then implies that that everything's going to be teslas in you know 5 years from now and everybody's going to have to buy one of these things uh, you look at, at, at what it takes what it takes for it you know the, the battery business is is non-trivial. Uh, it's and they're heavy. And and the other car companies, what what size vehicles are they building, and how heavy are these things? And who would have thought when we w- when we went into electric vehicles that all of a sudden it'd be the reason to put tanks back out on the road, Hummer tanks? I mean, who 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 thought of that one? I mean, it's just what it's like crazy stuff i don't know
0: layoffs alan uh, they've uh, been hitting the tech industry pretty hard and now waymo is uh, laying people off
2: who would have thought you know 12 months ago oh yeah okay <laughs> thank you michael <laughs> who would have thought Who would have thought these companies were, like, hiring people like uh, there was no tomorrow. Universities were producing computer scientists and AI for people, whatever, who, who, of course, this was the industry to be in. And now there are layoffs. (laughs) That's like playoffs, layoffs. I mean, it's like crazy, whatever. But I can, you can imagine that doing all that hiring and I guess maybe some people down the tail end of a distribution got hired and I think it's a good time to weed them out. Good luck at those a- folks getting another job. I mean, they must, I mean, can, do, you, do you know how, how far on the tail of a distribution of quality you have to be before, you know, Waymo would lay you off? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm 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 not seeing it correctly. But Michael, <laughs>
1: no, uh, there was a, there was an article in our one of our, our newspapers here. It was kind of tongue in cheek, but but um, the um, we have a company here that was was started here called Spotify. You've probably heard of it. It's, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the sure, streaming, music of course. streaming. And uh, the,
0: people can listen to this uh, podcast on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and,
1: and the, the, the 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 Swedish founder and and CEO of Spotify uh, came out and said, I'm, "I'm I'm taking full responsibility for for this. And we're our our sales are down. We're you know, not." And, and so I'm going to lay off eight thousand people, or whatever the number was. And the, yeah. the journalist thought, "Well, why don't you start with yourself if you're taking full responsibility? <laughs> you know, why don't you lay yourself off?" <laughs> and I know this is this is the same thing that every single one <laughs> of the CEOs say. I'm taking this is you know I'm going to take full responsibility. I'm laying off fifteen thousand people. You, you're gone tomorrow. That's the end of you. I'm still going to get my bonus, and I'm still going to fly my own. You know. My, private jet and so on it was it was a really good article I mean you have to take it with a grain of Swedish salt that it would be written in a in a you know Swedish newspaper something like that
2: but um... I guess you got you're getting me to comment Um, um, I agree I think some I think I think some of these companies have made the wrong call they've gone after the wrong market they didn't look at return on investment. Yep. they, they and, and in fact, uh, the reason why, I mean, pre-pandemic, I used to, I had this chart that I sort of made plotting, you know, the number of, of vehicles in, in the Waymo fleet from 2 to 20 to 200 to 2,000 to 20,000 and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I should put it this way. A semi-log chart. And the thing was like this with even an upturn in terms of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, that meant that at least in the beginning, looking back, the way they were going was, you know, it was already exponential. It was already a hockey stick, a hell of a hockey stick, if you put it in linear, linear, as opposed to... And what's happened? It, it's, it's, it, it completely collapsed the market for this, mm-hmm. the expectations. The progress. And it's probably not due to the marginal employees. Probably due to the leadership. Who took this thing to this point. And boy, in the last year, it's been free fall. Argo AI, free fall. I mean, you look at the other ones and so on oh my goodness poor Aurora too simple yeah you know I mean and 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 all of them and and and, you know GM Cruise made some progress and so on but boy this has to be in the end this has to be a business there is no government bailout on this thing don't expect the transit industry to all of a sudden throw money. It doesn't have enough.
1: That's right.
2: You know, the, the play here was to really do mobility on a scale basis. Not on a onesie-twosie. And my goodness, uh, maybe we should just start over. I don't know.
1: I, I don't. That, I don't think we need to start over. I think that we, we can ignore, if Waymo goes away, you know, if, if Google says, look, we, we've got to save money, this is one area where we're spending too much money and there is no return, we can see that. And all the people who are there need to go someplace. They can go to Oshkosh. They can go to John Deere and Caterpillar and, and uh, Kumatsu. And Vol- they can go to places where they're, they're, their work can be appreciated and be applied. Quite readily and easily, but I not think.
2: in the volumes that were at Waymo, not in the volumes that were at Argo, not at the volumes that are in these places. These places, sure, you know, Waymo started out fifty people.
1: It so was you mean like, you, know, you mean it, there are too many amazing. people? You mean there are too many people there to? to to hire I have no
2: I have no I, I I don't know what the what the what the head count is yeah. and then you have to look at not only the head count you have you have to look at, at at who the the contractors are can you imagine what happened to the contractors at Waymo you know the contractors that run the you know the car maintenance facilities and who knows what I guess you know th- those folks must have stopped getting checks who knows when sure Yep. because 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 they weren't all waymo. They weren't all. They aren't those. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I haven't see, I haven't seen the reportings. I haven't really searched for them. But I can just imagine because they're going to go first, and now they're they're into their own.
1: Yes. Yeah, they always, they start they start with it the there's a real
2: there's a reality here that my goodness, what are we doing this? F- well I mean these are private companies, and it's a good thing they're not looking for a government handout, you know, alms for the poor because <laughs> I hope there's no alms for these poor. <laughs> those,
1: those folks working at Waymo are making a lot of money.
2: I, I, they're I, make, they're I making they, a lot of.
1: They are making a lot of money. I,
2: I, I guess they are. I I haven't yeah. seen. I, I haven't seen it, but I'm I looked for it. I guess they are. They're making a whole, heck of a lot more than me here. I am. I don't have two nickels to rubbed together here.
1: We're not feeling uh, sorry for you on here. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> didn't, didn't you just say you went to Kenya? I mean, that was that a free? Was that a freebie? No,
2: but. You know, whatever. It's okay. Look at, you know, (laughs) at our age,
1: we we can afford a little fishing trip here and a little (sighs) safari there. It's a good thing that Fred stays home and takes care of the the knitting. Thank
2: you, Fred, for (laughs) staying home. I mean, really, um, Elizabeth and I had a trip of a lifetime.
0: Well, we have another headline or two to get to before we wrap up here. Uh, Consumer Reports, Alan. Says Ford's Blue Cruise is now ahead of GM's Super Cruise as its top-rated active driving assistance system,
2: and Tesla drops the seventh. I, I don't know. I I haven't gone out and tested them. I look. I, I okay, to rate things, you need you 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 need a number, uh, you know, a single number that you then can say, hey, two is less than three and four or whatever you know to rank order i mean that's how we rank order we take everything and we take it down to a single number and then compare the number okay the issue is is if you look at one of these things how did consumer reports take the various capabilities of these things mm-hmm. assemble them in their you know high dimensional representation of of taking apples, oranges, and bananas and adding them all up to then get a number to then rank them, okay? So, you know, and whatever that is, um, yeah, I guess Ford came out on top. You have to look at each of the components and how they rated each of the components and say, if you're looking for one of these things, which components are important to you, okay? if if you tend to misbehave in using these things and you need to have you know your hand slap when you misbehave then maybe some of these things are better because they have hand slappers on them who pay attention okay others don't is that good or bad? Whatever. What do you need? Uh, am I going to be somewhat lulled into thinking, hey, these things really can drive me and therefore I can hop in the back seat and have a good time? Uh, okay, then you know I better have something that throws me back into the driver's seat. I don't know. But there, there are various measures that are accounted for in there. it is very good that Consumer Reports has done that. One measure that isn't there is how well are these systems integrated with the automatic emergency braking system of the car. Okay, to me, that is really important, and as far as I know, none of them are, which is bad. So you have one system sort of, people talk about hands off, I talk about feet off, to me, the, the most valuable piece of these systems is I don't have to sit there with my feet trying to play around with the darn thing. You know, to me, having my hands on the wheel is no big thing. I, I sort of, you know, turn whatever. I actually go down the road going, doing this. I'm, You know, and that's fine. But going fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow on the feet drives me nuts in terms of the way I look at it so i look at the capabilities of the, this alleviating what i have to do with my feet okay cuz i don't do that well all right the other piece of this thing is is that there's you know that's for normal operation of these things cruising down the new jersey turnpike or the pennsylvania turnpike or whatever okay The automated emergency braking thing is, oh my goodness, something is happening ahead that I'm not figuring out, and the car needs to take over and bail me out. Okay? That's the really important one to me. Save my life. Save me from cracking up. Save, do, do that for me. That's what these systems should be, you know, focused on. And that's they don't have it in there. And cars have it, and cars have this other one, but they're not working. I don't believe they're working together. It's one system over here, one system over there. We have to move away from that.
0: Well, we hope to have a conversation with Consumer yep. Reports in the, in the near future about this about that as yep. well. Right. Well, on that note, uh, we want to thank you, Michael, for spending time with us once again. Uh, Terrific edition, a great read of The Dispatcher. The website is MichaelL Senna, S-E-N-A dot com. Great seeing you again, Michael. Thank you.
2: Great
1: to be here with you. Uh, Thank you
2: for being with us, Michael. Great having you. You know, each month, I mean, we, we, you know, we we have a good time with this, and I guess...
1: It's one of the reasons I keep writing
2: this is one of the reasons we keep doing podcasts <laughs> no it, it is it it is a lot of fun this isn't easy okay this is not easy and it's it's you know we sort of have some opinions and, um, it's um, it's 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 a challenge
0: Thank you to CARTs, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this podcast possible. CARTs is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can get smart speakers to play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Stay safe, have a great weekend.
1: Thank you. Bye all.